Well, have myself muted. Hi, guys. Alex McDonald in Atlanta. Danielle Munoz in Minnesota. What's going on, Danny? Nothing, Al. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Thank you very much. I got to make a slight adjustment there. There we go. It's good enough. This is, uh, what is this? TPS report for January the 2nd. Monday, January the 2nd, 2023. Nailed it. Yeah, you did. Good to be back. Got the name right. Got the year right, I should say. Which is eh, unusual. I usually slip up a couple of times, don't I? At the beginning of the year. Well, I mean, yeah, we're good right now, but wait until, give it a week. Yeah, give it a week. no longer exciting. Yeah. Hope everybody had a, a great new year. And for those that haven't tuned in for a while, I hope you had a good Christmas as well, obviously. For those a, good, a good holiday season, let's Ohio say. Ohio State fans out there, there's always next year. I don't know what that means. That's okay. You don't need to. All right. What it means is I won't be on the show next Monday. Okay. Danielle won't be on the show next Monday. Um, something about basketball. Yes. I don't know. Something's going on. We're not entirely sure what it is. Um. No, I, there's a football match, obviously. Yes. And um, Georgia's playing some Christian university that probably never should have made it to the playoffs, if I'm horn, not mistaken. Frog. Right? I mean, we'll see. Tennessee we, you know, Community College, something like that. Texas. Texas Community College. Yes. Something along those lines. Georgia's yes. going to have a hard time with them, I'm sure. Let's say hi to our friends. Let me, um, let's see. I have not many people tuned in yet. Um, let's see. Janine's here. Hey, Janine. Good to see you. Uh, Bill Campbell's here. What's up, Bill? Good to see Hi, you, Bill. brother. Uh, Katie Mannery is here. What's up, Katie? Hey, Katie. There's Joy. What's up, Joy? Hello, Good to sister. see you. James Royster is here. Hey, James. Holly Ellison is here. Just Hello, for sister. Fun Radio. What's up, Holly? Good to see you. If you're watching, say hi in the chat. And by the way, if you're watching on Rumble, which people are, Click the live chat button to say hi rather than the comments button because we don't see those during a live show. We only see the live chat. So uh, do that and um, we'll see you over here with the rest of the folks. I chatted. Uh, I commented in the live chat area so folks hopefully can see that on the Rumble. I do see so that. So they know where to go. Look no, but you. like on the Rumble, I mean. Oh, okay. Um, what you do for new... Well, I... I know I did for New Year's, Danielle. I was on with uh, David. and You were? Um, I was so sad to miss that. It was fun. Well, I mean, we were on for, I think, four hours or so. I with, was not uh, fit for company. David Foster uh, with Redacted. He's a co-host and producer of the Redacted show. I was on with him, and we did some we did some trivia, and I won uh, for the first two rounds of trivia. I won. Then I had a few Guinnesses and uh, didn't win another round after that. How late did y'all end up staying on? Only till we saw we saw a new year in the central. So what's that? One okay. A, one a.m. I think that was my me, time. Yeah. 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 One a.m. My time. We got off shortly after that. But okay. yeah, that was good fun. Tired. Yeah, it, but it was good fun. Yeah. It's. I mean, obviously, I didn't tune in until probably 12.30 your time, 11.30 my time, because mm -hmm. that was, you know, the game ended at probably, I don't know, a little after midnight your time. So by the time the game was over and, you know, we had used the paddles and resuscitated ourselves. Right. Uh, um, 
we had a good conversation Saturday on the supporter show over on Locals about some things, some things at least I expect to see happen in 2023. Right. We're not going to rehash them here, um, but you can head over to Locals. You can go to tpsreportlive.locals.com and you can uh, click on the video from this Saturday morning and watch that and see what we think. Also, we had a conversation about this channel in 2023 and, you know, our YouTube is a YouTube growth for us is going to be non-existent because we stream there and then delete the live stream and that's it. So we're not going to get any subscribers. Our, our future for this channel is rumble and every, every, I never do it because I just, I feel awkward doing it, but every creator has told me you got to, you got to ask people to hit the rumble button and share the show. And we are going to be dependent on you guys for, for growth at this point, um, at least until Rumble gets some discoverability on the platform. I don't know when that's going to be. So if you can, hit the Rumble button and share the show from Rumble to your, uh, to your Facebooks and your Twitters and your Truth Socials and your parlors. Share it for to all the places if you can. Help us uh, help us get a bit of traction over there on Rumble. There's your mom. Hey, Rita, good to see Hi, you. Mama. Thank you for tuning in. So, yeah, we're going to be, uh, we are going to be, that's interesting. The Rumble logo showing up with our TPS report logo on yeah, the comments. Mm, I don't really know what's going on there, but hey, all right. there you go. Folks are rumbling with us. That's all right. Yeah, yeah, so... Do us a favor, hit the rumble button, share the show. Not right now, obviously, unless you want to open a separate tab and do it that way, because we got stuff to talk about that you may want to hear. Yes. Not saying you do want to hear it, but you may want to hear it. You want to hear it. That's why you're here. Let's tell them some stuff. Start with this bloke. Yes. Who is representative elect George Santos? Um, So this fellow ran for Congress in New York, Danielle, Republican. And it was a good pickup for the Republicans. It was a seat that hasn't been held by a Republican in a very long time. So, you know, a reasonable pickup. Kid lied through his teeth. Lied through his teeth about virtually everything and got elected. Now, you know, the media's now, the media's having a meltdown about this. They didn't at the time. Right. They didn't at the time. In fact, let me pull up. Where's my damn mouse gone? There it is. Let me pull up something real quick. Which might help explain why the uh, why the media did not have a meltdown. Um, It's because he said all of the right things to avoid media scrutiny. Right. His his lies were wide ranging, to be honest with you. But he said all the right things to um, to avoid media scrutiny. Santos picked his line very well, knowing that if he did, he would escape any media scrutiny at all. You say you're a Wall Street whiz, that you're gay and Jewish, and that you come from Holocaust survivors, and that you're a 9-11 victim, if only by proxy. None of this is true, by the way. None of right. it. 
Say all that, and nobody in the mainstream media, not even in New York, will bother to challenge any of it. And they didn't. The media didn't challenge any of his uh, any of his lies. Well, now that he's won, and of course he was a Republican running in a blue district, right? Right. Nobody, nobody in the media probably Janine's already pissed off. Nobody in the media would have ever expected this guy to win, and so when he did, they started digging a bit deeper. And um, turns out he's a little bit of a liar, liar, pants on fire, Danielle. So we'll talk about some of his, uh, let's talk about some of the things he's lied about. His religion. He's lied about his religion, which quite frankly should really annoy Republicans, especially the the Christian conservative uh, Republicans. Days away from being sworn in as a member of Congress, George Santos's candidacy has come under increased scrutiny after the Republican admitted to embellishing his resume and fabricating his background. The 34-year-old, who will represent a sliver of Northeast Queens and parts of Long Island's North Shore in Washington, is now under investigation by, uh, by authorities. On his campaign website, Santos noted that his grandparents fled Jewish persecution in Ukraine, settled in Belgium, and again fled persecution during World War II. His biography on his campaign website has since been, been changed. Santos described himself as a proud American Jew. There's Canadian bacon. What's up, Becky? Hey, oh, sister. Let me do that again. Santos has described himself as a proud American Jew in documents to pro-Israel groups. But six weeks after he was elected to office, he admitted to misleading voters about his cultural and religious background. Santos told the New York Post during a December 26th interview that he never claimed to be Jewish, only Jewish. He said his grandmother told him she was Jewish, but had converted, converted to Catholicism. The forward looked into his ancestral records and found no evidence that Santos' uh, maternal grandparents were born in Brazil before the Nazis rose to power in Europe. His education. Santos told the Post during the December 26 interview that he never graduated from college, retracting previous statements claiming that he'd received a degree in economics and finance from CUNY's Barrack College in 2010. When he ran for Congress in 2019, Santos claimed on his campaign website that he had graduated from the prestigious Horace Mann School in the Bronx. Ed Alber, a spokesman for the school, said officials there checked all the records and all the aliases and uh, that he did not ten attend Horace Mann. He lied about his work experience. On the campaign trail, Santos billed himself as a seasoned Wall Street financier and investor and claimed he worked at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup. But during the post-interview... The soon-to-be lawmaker clarified that he never worked directly with either of the financial institutions. Around the same time, Santos claimed that he was working his way through the financial sector, 
A Times investigation shows that he was a customer service agent at a Dish Network call center in Queens. His real estate portfolio. Santos tweeted in February 2021 that he owned 13 rental properties where tenants had not paid rent for a year. He worked hard to acquire these assets. Now it almost feels like we are being punished, he wrote. But in the post-interview, he admitted he does not own any real estate and lives at his sister's, uh, his sister Tiffany's, pardon me, his sister Tiffany's home in Huntington. I'm sure there's a lot of other stuff. So the question is, should it matter? Yeah, what happens now? Well, they're investigating him and the Democrats are introducing legislation to try to prevent this in the future, to prevent anyone that's a serial liar running for public office. Well, that would exclude Hillary Clinton. That would exclude Joe Biden. That would exclude Dick Blumenthal. Or, or, you know, famous, famous fucking um, Vietnam veteran Richard Blumenthal. Right. It would preclude, um, who was it that was the swift boat driver in Vietnam? That was John Kerry, yeah. I think. Look at Adam Schiff. Talk about serial liar. Look at Bill Clinton. Depends of the, on the definition of and or it or whatever the whatever the hell it was he said. Democrats are going to have to take a closer look, I think, at their own representation before throwing this stone, quite frankly. Well, and isn't it kind of the responsibility of your opposition to call out your lies? Mm -hmm. Like, how did yeah, nobody... Yeah, do your due diligence. It's because nobody thought he could ever win in a... Queens Democrat district. Nobody ever thought that the gay Republican could win. I don't know if he's even gay. Claims he is. He he played or he said he worked for Goldman, who were deep into the ESR investment strategies. And so the media go easy on Goldman. Claimed he went to these famously liberal universities, so the media go easy on them. Claims he's gay, so the media go easy on him. Listen, there's a, there's a case to be made here for just a lack of due diligence by the media, let alone his opposition. It's the media's responsibility to inform people about the candidate. It really is. Whether you like the media's coverage of your candidate or not is irrelevant. It is their job to inform you. It's right. our job to pick through the bullshit because the media are capable of a lot of bullshit. You know, and you would think that, I mean, unless there was just no media coverage, you would think yeah. that somebody that went to college with this dude or that was troll in the streets or whatever when he claimed to be at CUNY would have said, hey, that dude wasn't in college then, or they went to high school with him. People, here's the thing, people don't... We're acting under the assumption that the majority of people pay attention when we say that. They don't. Right. The majority of people, they look at the headlines. 
The majority of people see 9-11 Survivor. We didn't even get to that in the story. Right. Um, well, we'll j- jump to a CNN article, I think, and talk about, is it CNN maybe or the New York Times? One of them talks about that about his uh, claims about his mother. Well, let's get to it. Cause there's, there's some biggies. Um, oh, where is it? You just scroll past where it said the New York times reviewed documents. Yeah. It's stuff about his, um, it was stuff about his, cause he claims that his, well, first he claimed, uh, I don't want to get this wrong. So I would, I would okay. really like to, uh, let me do a con- command F and see, see if mother appears. Here we go. Mr. Santos said he was born in Queens to parents who emigrated from Brazil. Uh, his father, he said is a Catholic and his roots in Angola. His mother, Fatima Devolder, uh, was descended from migrants who fled Jewish prosecution. Here we go. Records show that, um, Mr. Santos has described himself as a non-observant Jew, but he's also said he's Catholic. Uh, Records show that Mr. Santos' mother, who died in 2016, lived for a time in the Brazilian city of Nitro, whatever that is, a Rio suburb, where she was employed as a nurse. Uh, After Mr. Santos obtained a high school equivalency diploma, he also apparently spent some time there. And you can't be Jewish and Catholic. He lied somewhere. He, uh, I no, you cannot. Yeah. Um, you absolutely cannot. Somewhere in here is the, the claim about his mother's death. And, um, and for some, and I, I can't find it, but whatever. Um, he's lied. Basically, he lied about pretty much everything. He lied about 9-11. Oh, now my, now my mouse has disconnected. Like, completely gone. Just disconnected completely. Let's, uh, that's great. Let me turn that's this back no on. Bueno. No, I know. It is absolutely no bueno. And it's disconnected from the other screen. So we'll have to, I'm going to have to run share mouse here. Bear with me. I'm going to get it running on both, uh, both machines and see if I can recover this. Share mouse open, open, ouvre, ouvre. Oh, and now that's uh, no connection. That's giving me grief. The uh, Gothamist has something about his mother. What does it say? Um, his mother's death. Uh, as of at least October, Santos's campaign website stated that his mother, Fatima Devoler, was in her office in the Southern Tower of the World Trade Center on the day of the 9-11 attacks. The website stated she survived the horrific events of that day, but unfortunately passed away a few years later. An online obituary shows his mother passed away more than 15 years after 9-11. Not at, sorry, after 9-11 yeah. in December 2016. That's right. She didn't, even, she didn't die on 9-11 of 2016 either. She died in December of 2016. Right. Yeah. So yeah, the guy, the, the guy just lied about everything. This is really annoying me. This, uh, stupid. Okay. It's back. It's a key. It's just disc. I'm controlling two computers with one keyboard and mouse. 
and it's supposed to do it seamlessly. You see how well, you see how well seamlessly works. Um, but yeah, so they're launching an investigation. I don't know what the goal of this investigation is, whether to say the election is invalidate. I don't believe they can. They can't just simply invalidate the election at this point because he was elected. There's no law that, that says you cannot lie. There could be a recall, right? If you lie on your, let's say you lie on your resume to your employer, your employer gets to remove you. Right. Well, technically the voters are his employer. They could, uh, they could mount a recall and uh, have, a, have a recall election. That would be their recourse. And, and this is where people's hypocrisy comes into play. Because they wouldn't do that over for Richard Blumenthal and his just outright lies that he served in Vietnam when he didn't. They wouldn't do it for, was it, was, was it Clinton or was it Biden that said they flew into, uh, they flew into somewhere in a helicopter under fire when I think it was Hillary Clinton, when the video clearly shows the helicopter flew into this airbase, landed, they got out, got in a limousine and drove the fuck off. But on the camp, on the campaign trail, she claimed that they flew in. I was in Baghdad, I believe, and they flew in under heavy anti-aircraft fire. They all lie, every single one of them. Becky's right. Politician equals liar. That's these days. It seems that that's their job, and the media ignore it. They ignore it until a Republican wins in a blue district. And then apparently they're all over it. They're all right. posting these, uh, they're all posting these stories. Now it's remarkably hit hypocritical. The failure here to me is on the media. I don't even blame his opponent. His opponent has a campaign to run, right? The blame here falls squarely on the media. They have absolutely no problem investigating Donald Trump. And airing all of his dirty laundry, but they ref- they just didn't investigate this guy because this guy said all of the things that the media right. wanted to hear to avoid investigation. Plus, such a long shot. It wasn't even funny. I think he should be recalled. I really do. I think there should be a recall. And I think he should uh, he should have to run again on his own record. Who knows? Who knows what he would come up with the next time around. But um, but I think there should I think the voters should mount a recall and get rid of this twat. I think he should be uh, I think he should be gone. I'm not a fan of it. I know he's a Republican and that to me that makes it even worse. It's even for right. me as a Republican it makes it even worse that this guy would do this to lie right. about your mother's death for fuck's sake. Who does that? Yeah. Who Dude, does that? Yeah. To claim that you're Jewish and Catholic, like just the shit that he said. I mean, he said some stupid shit, but to lie about your mother's right. death, that's, I, agree. I mean, that goes and above and beyond to claim that she died and like that, that, you know, you're sort of an airstats victim of nine 11 mm-hmm. in New York to New York voters. Right. 
like that's sacred ground right there. Right. Like that's worse than you're absolutely right. That's worse than lying about your religion. Yeah. It's a lot worse. Let's talk about this real quick. The spread of COVID in, uh, in China. Here's the, here's what I think is the good news. First of all, this it, it's listen, they came out of their COVID lockdowns, their zero COVID policies. And now COVID is able to do what it's already done pretty much the rest of the globe. It's able to, it's able to spread. Right. And that's what you need as a population. You need the virus to be able to spread and for people to build an immunity to it. There's a lot of people in China that aren't vaccinated. And so we may be looking at a pretty healthy death count in China from COVID. But we need it. The rest of the world, this is. It's not a nice thing to say. But the rest of the world needs this to spread through the Chinese population so that they can begin getting back to normal, right? All they've been doing is delaying the inevitable. Our problems aren't going to go away until China get back to some degree of normalcy. And they're not going to get back there until COVID's done its thing. What were you going to say? Did you say a lot of people in China aren't vaccinated? Yeah. Why is that? I have absolutely no idea. I don't know why, um, but uh, according to most news, all, in fact, all news sources, wow. it's it's a majority of Chinese aren't vaccinated. The the you know the the poor people out in the boonies of right, China. Okay. I don't know what you call Chinese rednecks, but uh, the yeah, Chinese like rednecks. The edge of Mongolia. Yeah, I hadn't um, thought about that. And that that you know comprises the majority of the population. Right. Um, it says here, it would be, it would be a gross understatement to, uh, say China is ill-prepared for President Xi Jinping's recent abrupt abandonment of his zero COVID policy with a large part of the population inadequately vaccinated COVID spreading like wildfire leaked notes from Chinese officials estimate, uh, estimates reveal that over the past 20 days, as many as 250 million people may have been infected. That sounds bad, but let's remember, let's, Let's look at the evidence from the rest of the globe. Their death rates probably aren't going to be any higher statistically than any other country. Those people that are at high risk are at high risk in China. Those people that are at low risk are at low risk in China. Now, two years of lockdowns may have gradually moved what would normally be healthy people into a higher risk, but that remains to be seen. But I don't expect to see any higher per capita death rate in China than we've seen anywhere else, right? This virus isn't unique to China. It's been all around the globe. We know, we know what to expect here. And this is why, you know, the New York Post say, um, it was an abrupt abandonment of his zero COVID policy. And, and maybe, maybe that's, maybe it's fair to put it that way, but it was a necessary abandonment of zero COVID policies. 
because China, not only is China suffering economically, the rest of the world is still suffering economically from this. Our supply chains haven't recovered because of what's going on in China. The financial markets haven't recovered because of what's going on in China. Energy markets have actually been disrupted right. by what's going on in China. They need to get back to normal, just like the rest of the world. Now, the New York Post are going to argue, and maybe they're right for a month or two, but they're arguing that this is now going to hurt us even more economically. I don't see it because supply chains have already been greatly diminished already. Right. And we know that the, the majority of people that get COVID are back fit and ready to go after two weeks. Right. Right. So theoretically, instead of we, we did that whole two weeks to slow the spread bullshit here when we should have just done the two weeks to get it out of our system. Right. And yes. been done with it in two weeks. Theoretically, if this spreads as rapidly as they're saying through the cities and the cities all go back to work as normal, maybe in a month we're going to start to see a return to normalcy here. Their hospitals are obviously going to be overrun, but it's China. They, you know, they, they only let in the people they want to let in anyway. I know, again, horrible thing to say, but that's just one of the facts in China. In the meantime, we, we are going to have to brace ourselves for, I think, higher inflation because of a, a, a more constricted supply chain. Goods are going to be less available for a little while. I, again, I'm hoping only a month, well, a month to get it out of their system and then a month or so, month, maybe a couple of months to start getting back to normal and recover. Remember, they've been off now for two years. It's going to take a while for them to ramp back up to where they were pre-pandemic. But we've also got that housing bubble to concern ourselves with now. Right. I said 18 months after the end of the eviction of the uh, eviction moratorium, 18 months after that, we're going to start to see a really, I think, really steep dip in our housing market. Don't know how severe it's going to be yet. I, I have already I'm on record saying I think it's going to make 2008 look like a walk in the park because this time commercial properties are, are uh, hooked up in right. it as well. We're seeing the beginnings of this start to play out in China now, Danielle. Their real estate market, commercial and residential, has dipped about 30% in the last six months. About 30%. That's a substantial drop. Wow. And I believe it's just the beginning. That spreads. That spreads globally. Look how our just here in America, it was it was only it was only American banks that were bundling shitty loans, right? They were bundling bad mortgages in with uh, in with good mortgages, therefore making the entire securities bundle toxic. That spread worldwide. 
spread globally because people globally were invested in those securities. We're heavily invested in Chinese securities. Yes. Chinese debt's propping up the majority of our economy. Not the majority, it's about 30, 25 to 30% of our economy is backed by Chinese debt. If that Chinese debt turns toxic, we're looking at we're looking at the same thing happening here. Housing market, real estate failure, and quite frankly, a major economic collapse. If we remember rightly, China avoided most of ours because China was invested very, very little. It was my, not minute, but they had very little investment in American mortgage securities. Very little. They own the real estate. That's what the Chinese own. They own the actual right. asset. Yes. They they didn't own the debt. They didn't get hit by the debt like our banks did. We're heavily invested in their debt. 30% in six months has the potential to actually topple economies. Add to that everything else we're already dealing with, already high inflation, high energy prices, a war in Ukraine that doesn't seem like it's ever going away because... We keep stoking it. Because, right, Joe Biden doesn't want it to go away. Right. Doing everything they can to drag NATO into this war. Doing everything they can to provoke Putin into some kind of escalation of this war. They want that because war is profitable. War makes money. Not for you and I, right. but it makes money for the establishment. It makes money right. for the uh, for the governments. The last thing we need is a war. <laughs> we know which side. Listen, all of our energy right now is dependent on other people. Russia, Saudi Arabia, South America. None of these people are friendly to the United States. We already know who Saudi Arabia is going to side with. They're part of OPEC+. Plus. They're, they're in the pocket of the Soviet Union, of Russia. Shouldn't call it the Soviet Union. Right, I yeah, no. They're deep in the pocket of Russia. China is going to side with Russia. Absolutely. The only... And this is China's saving grace that we don't have is a direct pipeline from the Soviet Union into communist China. That's their only saving grace. They will be directly supplied with energy from Russia. We won't. Our economy will be decimated. The Chinese will recover. Just like they're going to recover from COVID, just like their supply chains are going to recover. In a perfect world, that all trickles down and bolsters the American economy. Right. But when you factor in everything else that's going on, it only takes one or two pieces on the chessboard to screw America and the American people for a very long time while Russia and China thrive and sit back and watch America crumble. Right. Joe Biden got us into this position. Well, and the Chinese themselves with COVID. But had we reacted to COVID the way we should have, 
which was just let it do its thing. And we're going to have a firsthand, we're going to have a firsthand seat to this now in China. We're going to watch COVID do its thing and we're going to see how quickly they begin to recover, Danielle. And I bet it doesn't take long. The economic right. recovery is going to take a long time. Let's not forget that. They've had two years of downtime. It's going to take a while. But the population's recovery from COVID will only be a matter of months to get back on track to where they were. We're facing years and years of devastation if one or two pieces on that chessboard get moved the wrong way. If Vladimir, if, if somebody over there, either, either the Russians who are pieces of shit or the Ukrainians who are pieces of shit, if they escalate this war, right. we're dragged into the shit. We're dragged into it. We'll be cut off from, we'll, we'll be cut off from Middle Eastern oil. We'll be cut off from Russian oil and China will have access to all the energy they need. If China's housing market collapses, it's going to decimate our markets. It's going to destroy them. It's going to take us a lot longer to fight back from that simply because of how much debt we're invested in. Chinese debt. It's a big hole to dig yourself out of. Right. We'll lose the dollar as the, the world's reserve currency. They'll, as the petrodollar, effectively, they'll move to the alternatives that they've already been discussing. That will destroy us. Decimate, yeah. Yeah, that will absolutely destroy us. I, I'm not saying all of this is going to happen in 2023, but it is a perfect storm. And it doesn't take much at this point right now for that to happen. So, buy your gold. Buy your gold, buy your guns, buy your ammos. I'm not saying, I'm not implying civil war or anything like that. Good night, Beck. Love you, Bacon. Um, but we know what happens when times get tough. And, um... You know, people have to be ready to protect themselves, their families, and their assets. They have right. to be ready to. And 2023, I don't think is looking good. I don't think it's looking good at all. We're, our, our housing market has already been through a smallish correction. Look at the, uh, look at the subsidiary markets, by the way, to... Um, uh, other luxury, right? I know housing isn't technically a luxury good, but look at other luxury goods. Look at, um, well, you'd look at the car market, look at the prices on cars. Look at, uh, look at jewelry and watches because the prices going on there. These are all the, these are all the signs we see at the beginning of a, of a, I'm going to say a dip. Because we don't know how bad it's going to be. Um, Republicans aren't going to be able to stave any of this off because all they're going to control is the House of Representatives. They're not going to have control of anything else. But um, be ready for it. I hope, you know, uh, hopefully you're all in a good position on your mortgages and shit like that. 
um, try to try to get out of as much debt as you possibly can and um, try to for for later this year try to uh, try to get yourself into a more secure position because this guy ain't gonna fucking help us Danielle hey before you get into that let me ask you a quick question <clears throat> when Biden was elected you said that it's gonna have to hurt for people to realize what they've done. Did you see it hurting like this? Take away, take away COVID. Cause it, I, nobody could, I couldn't predict COVID. Right. Right. Take away this war with Russia, even though we knew a war was most likely going to happen at some well, point in time. And COVID was already happening too. When, I mean, so we were already in the pandemic and you had said when it first started, you, you suggested that it was that the pandemic was, I don't want to say human created, but that the crisis was human created. Yeah. And, so, and, and a lot of manipulated, yeah, it was manipulated. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. A lot of, I mean, part of what I said was in response to blue cities and blue states reaction to COVID. Right. Um, but a lot of it was also based on the Democrats' economic policies. Right. Which have changed a lot over the years. Right. It's not it's not the old Democrat Party. They're mostly the same, but they've gotten far worse. They just passed a one point seven trillion dollar budget, Danielle. Oh, that that would that would have been impossible twenty years ago. Nobody right. would have even considered it. Yet Democrats and Republicans, I got to tell you, some the number of Republicans exactly voted for it, say. didn't even bat an eyelid at this. So yeah, when I when I said they need to experience four years of pain, no, I didn't expect, I didn't expect, I didn't expect a looming, well, I didn't expect a year and a half to two years worth of eviction moratoriums. Right. I didn't expect America to be fighting a proxy war with Russia. I didn't, I didn't expect our housing markets to be on the brinks of brink of collapse because I didn't expect a two year, year and a half, two year eviction moratorium. Right. There were a lot of things I didn't expect. So no, i never, I didn't think it would be this bad. I knew it was going to be supply chain issues. We were in the midst of COVID. I knew it was going to be lockdowns because Democrats were doing that all over the United States. Right. That should have been enough to guarantee that Democrats never get elected again. But look at what we've been through and they still get elected. Doesn't make any sense to me. Americans appear to be gluttons for punishment. Democrats appear to love punishment. And, and to the point that you made earlier when we were talking about that Santos dude, that people just don't pay attention to what they don't want to hear. Right. You know, I saw somebody on on Facebook um, asked about getting a booster, getting another booster. And somebody said in the chat to, you know, to look into the data that's coming out now about boosters. And then somebody else said, oh, that's just anti-vax crap, you need to get your boosters. Right. Of course, somebody said that. Let's ignore the science because, yes. because there's a, there's a political narrative you have to follow. Yep. Yeah. 
Never mind that the boosters are actually weakening your immune response. Whatever. It is what it is. So no, when I said they need to experience four years of pain, I wasn't expecting this level of pain, but we've had two years of, of pretty bad, pretty bad results from Democrats. And look at the midterms. Yeah, people are sending them back to office. Yep. Because they're buying into the shit. They're buying into the, that, you know, that the science is anti-vax shit. That I'm sure those same people believe that the lockdowns were necessary. Go ahead. I'm sorry. They're expecting this guy to do something. Right. And he's not going to. He did nothing for COVID. There are more in the two, in a less, less than two years still for a few more days. Less than two years of Joe Biden and almost double the number of people have died from, from COVID than under Donald Trump. It's not his fault. That was to be expected. It's the nature of the disease. But people honestly voted for Joe Biden thinking that he would be able to, like he was some kind of God that could prevent COVID from killing people. People believe that because it's been drummed into them by the media right. and by the politicians, Danielle. That's why you've got people on Facebook saying, no, that's that's anti-vax propaganda. You need to get your booster. The correct answer is do, do what you want. Go talk to your doctor. First and foremost, get the fuck off of Facebook and right. go talk to your doctor. Do not come here for advice. Assess your risk. If you feel you're at risk enough to get another booster, go get another booster. But get informed first. Right. But this guy isn't going to do shit. Look at this. He spent 40% of last year either at home in Delaware, on vacation at Camp David, or on vacation elsewhere. Not in the White House. Not in D.C. Not meeting with people trying to fix the issues that we're experiencing. He spent 40% of the year effectively on holiday. Now, I understand that while he's at Camp David, he can be working. I get that while he's in uh, Delaware, he can be working. But we know from, just go back to his experience on the campaign trail, Danielle, he was calling it a day by 10 a.m. Yeah, the lid was on at 920. <laughs> the lid is on <laughs> at 920 in the morning. Do we think he's any different as president of the United States? No. No. He's not doing a thing. And again, it's prolonging America's pain. But they keep voting for these folks. They keep voting. Whether they'll reelect Joe Biden remains to be seen, but they keep voting for Democrats. They keep voting for his party, effectively the party of pain. That's who they're voting for now. The party of all kinds of pain. Right. 40% of the year that on, on vacation, man. That's insane. And, and did he work in at Camp David? I know he can. You can. Yeah, of course you can. I know you can. I've seen the West Wing. I know you can. Yeah, I mean, they can have, uh, you know, they can have meetings there. They can have uh, world leaders over. What do they call those things? Um, 
summits there. Summits. Ain't nobody summiting yeah. with his ass at Camp David. There, what the fuck do you think is somebody? His wife won't summit with him there. Right. There is no summiting going on at Camp David. with his ass there. And we know there isn't because when there is a summit at Camp David, the media reports on it. Yes. Go find me a report of a summit at Camp David that wasn't over by 10 a.m. Right. This guy's not doing a fuck. It wasn't He's just not Joe doing Biden a thing. Talking to the voices in his head. Ain't nobody summiting there. Right. Right. That's the only summit going on is yes. uh, Joe having a conversation with himself over his kid, his tea party set. Um, listen, you know, Donald Trump took a lot of vacation days. I don't recall how many, but it was it was a sizable amount. It wasn't 40 percent of the year. Barack Obama took a, well, I, I should clarify this. Donald Trump played golf a lot. Barack Obama played golf a lot. That was when it was Trump, the media framed upon it. Like he's got way better things to do than playing golf. When it was Donald, when it was Barack Obama, the media let it slide. Even though Obama actually played more as far as I, I might be wrong, but from what I, think I've read Obama actually took more golf outing days than than Donald Trump. But neither of them took 40% of the year off. Yeah, dude, that's what that's more than 80 days. Yeah. It's more than 80 days. It's absolutely ridiculous and Democrats expect him to do something. Let's talk about Donald Trump. Let's wrap this up. His taxes got released, Danielle. The media are, well, CNN especially, they're all a flutter over these things, Danny. They are all bent out of shape. They're bent out of shape. Here we go. They're bent out of shape because Donald Trump didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, because he has a fantastic accountant. Donald, Donald Trump did everything that was availed to him under current tax law. That's what he did. And Democrats are pissed about it. They are really pissed. Now, I got to tell you, I don't blame them. And there's one aspect of this that I think we should be very concerned about. If you have dealings with, let's say you have dealings with Ukraine. Let's say you have dealings with China. Let's say your family members have dealings with Ukraine and China and happen to get on the board of, uh, of certain energy companies. You would be concerned about it, right? Yes. We are concerned about it because it's exactly what Joe Biden did. And this is where the hypocrisy of the right, by the way, is going to come out in full force here. Donald Trump has more ties to foreign governments and foreign companies than Joe Biden and the Biden family could ever dream of. That's prob to me, that's the biggest disclosure in these tax returns is the financial links between Donald Trump and some of the world's most hostile nations. Now it's not illegal. I'm not I'm not implying that he's done anything illegal. Even though we assume that the Bidens have, right? 
There's been no evidence of any illegal activity uh, other than the emoluments clause and the fact that some of the money went to the big guy. Right. But that's yet to be that's yet to be proven. Right. We have documentation and we believe this is what happened and we're all waiting for an investigation to clarify it and effectively prove it to us. But right now we're all we're all somewhat speculating. We could easily speculate the same kind of things with Donald Trump and uh, his ties to dozens and dozens of foreign countries, Daniel. Again, no allegations of illegal activity. Right. But financial ties, they call them the ties that bind, right? Financial ties are the ties that bind. If your business is, let's say you're, you're let's say you have a property, a major multi-hundred million dollar property in, uh, I don't know, let's say Azerbaijan. Let's say there. Okay, just for example. Yeah. Okay. And you need that property to be profitable. You need that property to make money. And you need to make sure that nothing rocks the boat in Azerbaijan that might cause a bit of pushback on you. Let's say you have properties in, oh, I don't know, Saudi Arabia. And you need these properties to be profitable. Your business, after all, your uh, your your multinational global corporation has to keep going. It can't afford setbacks. Do you think that that could possibly influence the decisions of the business owner? And if it could, if it could influence the decisions of that business owner... And even though Donald Trump handed over reign of his business to, I think it was Donald Trump Jr. Donald Trump still owns the thing. He's still responsible. He's still the man at the top. Yeah, he paid no taxes. Yeah, he he played the, the losses, profits and losses game and minimized his, uh, his, tax, uh, his tax burden. I have no problem with that. Everybody does that. But when you have investments in, oh, I don't know, China, Azerbaijan, Saudi Arabia, and the list goes on and on and on. Places that are openly hostile to the United States. And you're the business owner. And we know that your business decisions are going to have to be made with profit in mind. Should we be concerned when that business owner happens to be the president of the United States? And those countries have a remarkably powerful grasp on the economy of the United States. To me, the answer is yes. Yeah, maybe. We need to be as concerned about it with Donald Trump as we have been with the Joe Biden crime family. 
Republicans need to look into this. This is one thing Republicans now, now that these have been released, Republicans are now trying to run cover for Donald Trump, saying this is unprecedented. It's not unprecedented. Presidents have released their taxes. I know they don't have to, and I understand that this was done by the courts, but presidents have released their taxes historically for, for, for public scrutiny. Donald Trump fought this as much as possible. We know why. We know why. And I don't think it's the fact that he paid no taxes because he was open and honest about this. On the campaign trail, he said, I use, I use the um, legal means available to me to minimize my tax bill. I don't think he was fighting it for that reason, Danielle. I think he was fighting it because of the financial disclosures between the Trump Corporation and all of these unfriendly nations. Right. I think we do need to be concerned. I think Republicans, instead of running cover, need to get ahead of this, if for no other reason than to clear any suspicions. To, if, if there's nothing to be suspicious, if there's... I hate to say if you have nothing to hide because I, I it's a bullshit argument. Right. But when you're running for president of the United States, yeah, maybe, maybe if you have nothing to hide, let's get it out there. And Donald Trump should be talking to his friends in Congress right now saying, no, go ahead and investigate me. Go ahead and fucking investigate it. Right. Let's show everybody, include, especially the mainstream media, that there's nothing to see here. Right. Yep. Bring it on. Let's be open, honest, transparent. Bring it on. Yeah, I paid no personal income taxes. Of course he paid no personal income tax. He's paying tens of billions of business taxes. Of course he paid right. no personal income tax. I would right. never have expected him to, would you? No, God, no. No. If you're if if you're a, a billionaire and you're paying personal income taxes, you're doing it wrong. Fire your accountant. You are doing it wrong. This isn't unique to Donald Trump. And these these global ties aren't unique to Donald Trump either, Daniel. Right. Jeff no. Bezos. Jeff Bezos would be in the same position. Elon Musk would be in the same position. Mitt Romney would be in the same position. It matters now, though, because Trump's running for president. He fought this for so long that now it, it's going to look shady to people and Republicans have got to get out in front of this. And the best thing he can do is say, come at me, Republicans investigate me. Put the nastiest, right. meanest bulldogs you have on a committee, the, the meanest Democrats and the meanest Republicans, the biggest anti-Trump haters that you have, and let them go through my foreign dealings and see if anything illegal took place. Because I bet you it didn't. I bet you it didn't. Donald Trump might be an asshole, but they've, they've not caught him in a crime. Right. Let's not forget that. They've never caught this man in a crime. Unethical? Sure. Misogynistic? Yeah. Probably. A little bit racist? Maybe. But no crimes. So I say have at it. And they need to do it quickly before this gains momentum through this campaign. Right. They need to get it done and over with and um, clear this up because... Yeah, this is going to haunt him. 
otherwise. Now is the time for him to be completely, they're released. Just now be, be transparent and um, show people, because it's not just going to, it ain't just going to be Democrats pointing to the similarities between the Bidens and the Trumps. It's going to be Republicans also looking at it and saying, wait a second, hold on, yeah. hang on a second. We're bitching about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden in China and Af and uh, uh, Ukraine. Ukraine. And Trump's in Azerbaijan, also in Ukraine, Saudi Arabia, all over the place. Weird, uh, not weird, shouldn't say weird. Financial ties all over the world. Not un again, not unusual for a global corporation. In fact, it's to be expected from a global corporation. But when you're president of the United States and and you want people to trust you and you want people to believe that these business dealings are going to have no influence on your decisions as president, which we know they're not. Look at how he treated Russia. Look at how he treated China. Even though he had massive investments in China, he went ahead and implemented the sanctions. They're not sanctions, the tariffs that I thought were absolutely going to backfire and they didn't. But he implemented them. Maybe they were beneficial to his business. I don't know. But now's the time to start answering those questions. Well, did you implement the tariffs for a business reason? Or at least a personal business reason? Right. And... um Let's see where it goes. Got to answer those questions. We're out of time, Danny. Oh, yeah, we're way out of time. Yeah. All right, friends. Well, thank you for hanging out with us. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you back here on Thursday. Bye, guys. See you. I know.